Aren't you thankful for Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. I'm so glad He holds on to our lives. Amen. And holds on to us with that love that He has for us this morning. Let's all stand this morning. I'm going to be reading out of 2 Timothy. I'm going to get started because i got a lot to preach and not enough time. I know. Amen. Amen. Can we be looking at God's divine, uh, divine design. And what this is, is your calling upon your life. Everyone in here has a calling that God has placed upon your life. And, and so you may be sitting here today and say, Well, Brother George, I know He's got a calling for my life. I just, I just hadn't found it yet. You know, it seems like God, that's the hardest thing is to find God's calling on our lives. Can I tell you this morning that you'll never find God's calling unless He is first in your life? That's why that verse in Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then it says, Then He'll add these things unto you. That's not just material. Listen, that's our calling He'll add to us. But we have to seek Him first to find His calling. And, and so I just want to preach on, I don't know how long we'll go on this, but our church, we, need to, we got some folks here who need to know their calling. Amen? Amen. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be fulfilled until you know what your calling, your God-ordained calling is. You're going to float through life. I talked about that in my class this morning. You're going to bounce to this. You're going to bounce to that. You're going to bounce over here. You're going to try this, try that, try this, and never be fulfilled. And God has a calling. But once you find that calling, you know without a doubt, this is what God called me to be. Hey, how do you know, Brother George? Because I floated around for years until I surrendered to preach. (laughs) And God's calling to preach His Word. I know without a doubt now I can say, this is what God called me to do. I mean, hey, I was pretty good at other stuff. I mean, if I practice enough, I can be good at anything, amen? But I'm talking about God-gifted, God-ordained calling in your life this morning. Look in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Starting in verse 8, Paul is trying to encourage Timothy here. He's preaching God's Word. He's in this church and, and he's, getting, he's getting attacked from everywhere. And so Paul writes this letter to Timothy uh, as, a, as an encouraging to him. And he's just letting Timothy know in verses before this, he said, listen, your grandma, your mama, he said, your whole family's been in church. He said, I've seen their faith. He said, stir up the gift that's in you, Timothy. It's in you. Stir it up. He said, show some passion, show some, show some desire when you're serving God. How many things we should do that, amen? amen? Man, this is something that the devil has really, really killed the church over. And, and that's desire and passion in serving God. Man, we're desire, we have passion and desire for football, basketball, everything else out in this world. But when it seems like when we come to church, let's not get passionate. Church is made to be quiet in. And here's a good one, the devil. And listen, you can be reverence. You can still show reverence to God and be loud. Amen? And so, the devil has really used the church. And I'm not even talking about... You say, well, Brother George, I'm not made like that. Man, I'm not made like you. I don't run around and run up down the aisles. And You know what, though? God can stir something in your heart. You, you need to show passion and desire the way God created you to be. Amen. I'm not talking about showing up to church act like we're bored. Or this is just something we give. Well, we've got to go today. It's two hours. I'm going to knock off here, but I'll make, we, you know, it's two hours. I'm going to lose today, but I've got to give it to God. Amen. 
You'll be surprised how many Christians look at that view. They've got to give something. Listen, we don't have to do nothing. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I to be here today. Amen? He died on the cross and give us a calling that, hey, we can be fulfilled. Because there's nothing out in this world that's going to fulfill us. Nothing else is going to fulfill. So Paul is writing to Timothy and here's what he says in verse 8. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. He said, listen, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to, be, to stand up and preach, Timothy. Don't be ashamed to be passionate and have desire for me. Do not be ashamed to be passionate about the gospel. I'm in prison right now, but listen, I want you to share in my sufferings. I want you to share what the true power of the gospel. Because if you're going to share the gospel, you're going to, listen, there's going to be high times, but you're also going to suffer if you're going to walk and work for Jesus Christ. Somebody is going to talk about you. Somebody is going to say something to you. Somebody is going to hurt your feelings. They don't like the way you're doing it. I hear it all the time. I just don't like the way, brother. I'm called. Hey, I'm the pastor. I know, but hey, show some desire. I don't like the decision Brother George is doing. And if you'll find your true calling and get involved and get in the unity of the church, we'll all move and go together. Amen? Amen. And see God's glory. Don't you just love them people that all they want to do is gripe and complain about every decision you make, but they ain't got out of the recliner in 16 years. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Amen? You say, you're being, that's just, I'm just straightforward when I preach. Amen? Might as well preach the truth. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's just get there and let God be God. Amen? Amen. Let God be God. Or we'll never find our calling in this church. Or what God wants to do in this church with us. And so he goes on. But here's the verse I want to focus on. Verse 9. Who has saved us? How many believe you're saved this morning? Alright. You have a calling. (laughs) You have a God-ordained calling. If you just raised your hand, raise your hand again if you're saved. Man, look at all the callings in here. This building is full of God-ordained callings. Look what he says. He has called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life, Through the gospel. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for this time, Lord, to be behind your pulpit. Lord, to preach your word on, Lord, just, you have saved us. And there's so many people that are saved and they know they're going to heaven. But Lord, they're so unfulfilled walking through this life. They have no desire, no passion, no excitement about your word or your gospel or your church or your church ministry. Lord, I pray today that you would through these next few weeks, you would show us our calling. And what we need to be doing for you. Lord, so we can make an impact as a church body here at Pleasant Hill. It's just, it's just not my calling that, that's the only thing that matters in this church. But everyone standing here and saying my voice has a calling. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to us. Give us a passion, a desire. Stir the gift inside of us, Lord. And we'll just give you the praise today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
When you put God first, you'll find your call. And I truly believe people go for a long time and they complain about not finding their God call and their God-ordained call in their life, but they never do take time to put God first in their life. How many of y'all love to hunt? Fish. We got so many things out in the world that we love to do and they're our passion, they're our desire. We love them. And when we put them in front of God, we don't find our calling Then, because th- those things, no matter how good they are, will never bring fulfillment. And listen, deer season's coming up here in just about less than a month. Man, I am red eye. Amen? Man, I'm ready to go. But that desire to go deer hunting does not take the place of my godly desire of putting Jesus first in my life. When I put Him first, God adds all that stuff to me. He adds calling. He adds all that stuff in your life. He, he anoints your life. He uses your life. But, but He will not share His glory with anybody or anything else. Amen? He wants us for Himself. Uno number one. It's kind of like the guy that had two cows. He told his wife, he said, you know what, I've been feeding these two cows for a while. He said, I'm going to get them, I'm going to think I'm just going to sell them both at the livestock sale. And uh, I'm going to keep, sell one cow and, and, and the money's for us and this other cow. I'm going to sell and I'm going to give all the money that to God. Well, she said, that sounds like a very good idea, honey. Won't you do that? He said, I think I will. I'm just so excited about us keeping one and giving God one. The next day she came in the house and he was sitting at the table drinking coffee and he had this sad look on his face and he was disappointed. She said, honey, what's wrong? He said, God's cow died today. (laughs) Amen. Isn't that how we treat God sometimes? Because when God's cow dies, everything else dies in our life. Everything that we try to do for God dies. And so that's why it's so important first to have priorities right, to know your calling. Listen, God's not hiding His calling from you. We just got to get lined up and get our priorities right and we'll see what God's calling is because there's a lot of people in the church today that are very unhappy. They may be teaching a class, they may be doing this, but they're still in... Most people in church today are doing it because someone asked them to do it. Amen. I remember growing up in church, we'd have, boy, when you had business meetings at a certain time of year, boy, they'd really announce, business meeting tonight, come, we're having teacher elections. I was going, as a kid, I was going, who's getting elected? You know, and they would come, and this, this is why I think you've got to be God called. I remember sitting in as a kid and watching these things go across and they'd get ready and they'd say, well, we need, a, we need someone to teach the sixth grade class of the boys. And that's, that's the one George is in. <laughs> but we need someone to teach the sixth grade boys. You know, and, and I would look around and, and some, some lady in the front would say, you know what? I think John would be great at teaching that class. And John ain't got a clue what's going on. And John takes it because he was nominated, but he never was called. See what I'm getting at? You've got to be, it's got to be your calling. It's got to be something that brings you fulfillment. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know that God give this to me. It's not because somebody guilted me into doing it. Somebody nominated me to do it. But without a doubt, I feel called to lead this. That's why I love Brother Doug. He goes to people and he'll say, Hey, do you feel called to teach this class or do this? Go home and pray about it and get back with me. 
Because if you're not called to do it, you're not helping nobody. It's all you're doing is making yourself miserable. Amen? But once you find your calling, and you know without a doubt that's it, you, want, you can't wait to get to church. You can't wait to teach that class. You can't wait. Listen, you can't wait. I can't wait every Sunday to get here to preach. And I've been here for 10 years preaching y'all Sunday after Sunday, and I'm still just excited when I walk in. I remember when I went to an ordination service here a while back to three gentlemen that were getting ordained in the ministry. And I remember one of the questions, and it, and it never fails, we do this. In our, they were getting ordained into the ministry, and these ministers were standing there, and, and one of them said, what is your vision? What do you think God wants you to do? And, and I'm looking around thinking, I'm thinking, we need to ask him, is he called first? Amen? I mean, we can ask him what his vision is and what, what they think doing, but where did you receive your calling at? How do you know God called you into the ministry? Because if he's not called, <laughs> I got news for you. They'll kill him. Guys, I'm not here because of George Vincent, a job. I'm here because I'm called. Because listen, <laughs> I know as a pastor, they get their heads cut off. If I wasn't called, I wouldn't be here today. I'm not going, I don't have to stay around and take abuse, amen? And be talked about. I can get that in the world. So if I wasn't called, believe me, I wouldn't be preaching. I don't do this for my health. <laughs> and so, if you're not called into something, let me give you a little note. People and the devil will eat you up. If it's not a God order, listen, don't jump into a call and say, man, I like, the, I like being up on stage or I like being out. Man, look at Brother George. You know, he's, he's up front every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, come with me when I'm in the back seat too, amen? amen? Or sometimes when they're trying to kick me to the curb, <laughs> amen? amen? It's got to be God called. A God call, listen, a calling by God is when God gives us a calling to accomplish His glory and to advance His kingdom. Amen. That's what a God calling is. To, to glorify Jesus Christ. That's why God gives us a calling. It's not about me. It's not about lifting up George. It's not about lifting up this church. Jesus says, I died on the cross for you. I saved you. I called you with a holy calling not to make you look good. I called you to glorify my son Jesus which died on the cross so this old world would have an eternal life with him one day but also abundant life and some passion and desire in their calling. So people would look excited to be saved. Amen? I mean, there's some people that just don't look too excited to be saved. I mean, I go preach at them. Sometimes I see them out here. I mean, they got baptized in lemon juice and everything else. I mean, they're just, they're sour. They're bitter. Listen, if you're always sour and bitter to church, you're not living out your calling. If you're always sour and bitter at somebody on your job, you're not in your calling. Because when you put God first and get everything else rearranged, that calling falls into place, you're excited. Now, that's not saying you're not going to have bad days. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Just because you're God called them and you're not going to have hard days and bad days. 
But He says He'll never forsake us and He'll never leave us. Never, never, never leave us. Listen, the one thing, i got to get going. The one thing that God's calling does, it does fulfill us. When you find God's calling, you are fulfilled. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're not walking in God's ordained... And and listen, I'm not talking about you being a preacher. Okay? When I'm talking about... God calls some of y'all to be nurses. Carpenters. Businessmen. I'm not talking about preachers now. You say, well, I, I I just can't preach. No, but God's got a calling just fit for you. You may be a welder, that's your calling. Amen? You may work on a farm, that's your calling. You may be a nurse, doctor, teacher. You may may own your own business. But then when it comes to church, we have God callings in the church. Listen, God's not going to use your calling without advancing His kingdom. That's why you can't separate being a doctor without being a child of God. You can't separate being a nurse without being a child of God. Because if God gives you, listen, if He gives you everything to go to college and to be a doctor, He also expects you to use that calling to advance His glory. Not just to make money, get a big house and a nice boat and have Dr. So-and-so in your mailbox. Amen? Same way with being a nurse. God, you go to school, you work. You say, well, I worked hard through my college. I put myself through. I worked. God give you the ability to do that because he can see in the future when you was in your mother's womb what she was going to be. That's right, amen. So there again, it's not a, it wasn't you that did it. God empowered you to be who you are to be. Every Sunday I get up here to preach. Yes, it's George. If y'all only knew how much little I preach that I study sometimes. <laughs> oh, y'all be amazed. They know in the booth. Because they said, he gives us notes and he never preaches what he gives us. <laughs> sometimes, I'll, y'all, y'all just have to be up there with them sometimes. Man, I'll lay it out to him. I've got such... And here's the key. I thought it was good. Man, I'll write it out and I'll say, this will be good. Boy, oh, this will punch them right here, man. Oh, this will be good. This will make them shout right here. Here's another one. This will bring the house down. Don't act like you don't think like that, too. <laughs> And boy, you get ready and you get up here and go to preach and God takes you another direction. I wrote all that out, spent two hours and God said, I'm not going to let you stand up and preach about you. And what you wrote down and you wrote down, this is for my kingdom and my glory and this is all about me. This is for lifting my son up. This is why you preach. This is why we do what we do. And so you can't take your, your calling as a doctor and any of that and separate. You can't separate your spiritual life. Like on this side of the pie, this is where I work Monday through Friday. But then on Sundays, I'm spiritual. It doesn't work that way. God called us with a holy calling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's our lifestyle. Amen? A lot of people want to separate their life and then run into church. And now I'm in my spiritual little pie piece of my pie. Now tomorrow, I get to go to my job pie. And then it's recreational lake pie. No. God calling goes with you whether you're on the lake, on the job, in the church, in the middle of a storm, in the valley or on the mountain. God says, I am there for you. Lift me up and glorify me with your calling. With the calling I give you. It's always going to be to magnify Jesus. That's what it's about. But your calling always makes you fulfilled. It makes you seem, listen, 
Here's, here's one problem people have in their calling. If they don't never find their true calling, they try to be somebody else for the rest of their life. You ever seen people like that? If you don't find your true calling and what God called you to be, you'll walk around and try to be somebody else for the rest of your life and never really know who you were in Christ. That's why when God calls people to preach or teach or whatever, listen, when I, when I started preaching, I had no idea what I was going to be as a preacher. I remember my first sermon. What are you going to be like, George? I was thinking, man, Lord, how am I going to preach? Am I going to put the Billy Graham look on them? Am I going to be like so-and-so? Am I going to be a John Hagee? You know, is I, am I going to be a Charles Stanley? Am I going to preach like so-and-so? My preacher, this preacher, preacher growing up? God says, I will call you and make you who... I want you to be George for God. That's all you need to know. I'll take care of the rest. Now, there's a lot of growth that comes in between that, but just be who you are and God will take care of the rest. But you'll be fulfilled. When you find your calling, you'll be fulfilled. You won't take, listen, this is why a lot of people aren't fulfilled is they jump from here to there, from here to there. They buy this, they do this. They, I told my class this morning, this is a lot of times why we see people come to church and they come for six months and we don't ever hear no more from them and they're gone. I mean, they gone. Boom. Call them up on the phone, can't find them, don't live there, don't do this. You say, man, did we do something to hurt their feelings? No, they gone. <laughs> because the new wore off. Because now they're into something else. We tried God for six months and it didn't help. Now we're going over here. We bought this and we tried this. And they jump out of here. They switched jobs. They switched this. They switched doctors. It's just over and over and over cycle. It's just trying to find something to fulfill them. You ever been there? Now be honest with me. How many of y'all have ever bought something to fulfill you? Oh, we got a lot of honest people. Thank you. Now, when the new wear it off, how did you feel? Needed something else. I gotta have a fix, honey. I need a new gun. That one there has been five years. You know, what well, is it? Shoot straight? Yeah, but man, I need a new one. There's this new Hunter does this. I mean, Hunter drives me crazy on this. If you're gonna be in the hunting world. Here's the way I feel about it. If a grunt call made by a deer company was good 10 years ago, it's still the same grunt. They hadn't changed their voice. <laughs> if it's a duck call, duck call, if you got one, it's 10 years old, it's still quacks. <laughs> Duck's voice hadn't changed in 10,000 years since God made them. Amen? Here's another one, hunters. Bow and arrows. You can pay $500 for a bow this year and there's a better one next year for $750. I got to have... It shoots just like your $500 one. Amen? It's just newer. Fish baits. Oh! Soon as I said that, Matt, Larry, and... and, and, and David went... <laughs> it amazes me. I, and I asked David this when he was fishing last year in the, in the tournament. Years ago, people used to catch fish all the time on worm. And what was the color? Strawberry. Or purple. Worms. 
Now I can go in Matt's shop. They got watermelon. <laughs> They've got all these flavors. If I was a fish, I wouldn't know what to buy eat. I mean, they're all coming at me every direction. Watermelon. Tequila sunrise. This. Blah, 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 blah. Everything. What's another one? Watermelon slice. Watermelon red. I'm thinking, you know what? A worm is a worm. Amen. Strawberry, if Larry could catch them back in the 19, I'm not going to go there. On strawberry, worms, then they're still good today. It's just our mind and our appetites always want something bigger. Bigger and better is all... Listen, that's what this world... Listen, that's why people are not being fulfilled and the divorce rate is sky high. They're not fulfilled. Well, I, you know, I've been married to you for three years now. The news wore off. I'm not being... You're not fulfilling my needs like you used to. Amen? You used to weigh 150. Now you're 250, huh? Amen? Let me tell you something. The longer you're married, the bigger your marriage gets. Amen? So all y'all newlyweds, be ready. You got to love him when he's skinny on, when he's up there in that tux, and you got to love him 30 years later when he's not in a tux. Amen? That's the way it is. They get gray hair. You got to love them. But you're committed to that one love. Without commitment, you're not going to find your calling. That is why, listen, that's why thousands of people are going to therapy today. And they're on pills. Oh, they got quiet now. They got a pill for every ache. Toe ache, back ache. My fingernail is, doctor, I got a fingernail pain. I got some fingernail pills for that. I mean, they got a pill for everything. Oh, here's a good one. Hollywood, the, the entertainment industry. They're making a killing because people are unfulfilled and bored. Amen? I'm just being honest with you. How do I know? Because I see it creeping my own house. Me and Mevlin Hunter will sit down to eat. And we noticed this today and we quit, didn't we, man? We put all the phones up and turned them off. So if you call at supper time and I don't answer, I'm eating. I'll call you back. That's just what we finally had to say. But here, why, here's why we did it. Because we noticed ourselves at the table in the, social, in the media that we live in today. Because everything's getting faster, 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 faster. We called all three of ourselves... Let's, well, here it all started. We bought a brand new kitchen table. Man, you would have thought I bought her a Jaguar car. I mean, it was nice. She fell in love with her new kitchen little table. And she said, now we can all eat and have supper right here at this new table. I said, that'd be great. What did we do the first time we was there, Tim? I had my phone right beside my plate. She had her phone. Hunter had hers. Hunter's was going bling, bling. Hers was going bling, bling. And I was on Facebook saying, oh, did y'all read this? <laughs> we're at the table together, but we're all on social media, and we're, none of us are being fulfilled at family time. See, see what I'm saying? How the devil's very, listen, the devil's very good 
at using the greatest, best stuff, it, it's not as great as it looks. That's why we had the fall in the garden in the first place. And listen, his, his, his schemes and his tactics have not changed since the garden. Hey, that apple's bigger than this apple. You've got to eat this one. This apple is better than the one your mom and dad had. You've you got to eat this apple. If you eat this, you'll be bigger than God. You say, God, they don't say that. Yes, he does. Through our actions, sometimes we think we're bigger than God. So that's why we bite. And so that's why we're unfulfilled in the entertainment center and people are, are just jumping from here to there and doing this because they don't know what their calling is. And you don't know that you need a call until you're convinced you need it. I mean, I'm trying to convince you all this morning, you've got to find your calling in God. You've got to find your niche. Or you're going to walk through life the next 20 years going to church just to go to church. And listen, I, I, I did it. Before I finally surrendered and found my niche of preaching the Word of God, I went to church, and I'm going to be honest with you, to go to church. At my church, that's why I guess I'm so different, you didn't dare go past. See where that clock's at right now? You in the car right now. Amen? I mean, it was 12 o'clock noon. Noon! Everything was apple sliced and put in the pie just right. It'll all fit. We'll get it in for 12. Been there? You hadn't here, amen. But I remember, you know, that going home at that time. I mean, you know, I mean, at 12 o'clock, gone. And God has got us to get our spiritual life. The devil has convinced us somehow that we've got to hurry, 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 get in. Sing two or three songs, take up an offering, smile at everybody, and leave. And I remember doing that time and time again, Mary, going to church and not even remembering what the sermon was about. Amen. I pray to God that y'all never, none of y'all never leave saying, only get in your car and say, what did George preach about? Oh, I don't know. I was uh, looking at my phone then. That's not shame on you. That's shame on the church. Amen? That's shame on the preacher. For not saying, hey, this is eternal stuff we're talking about today. This is the most, this next hour and a half will be the most important thing you'll do all week. This will determine your direction for the next 10 to 15 years is how your relationship is going with God today. That's why I say relationship will help you find your calling. If your relationship's out of whack with God, you will not find your calling. If He's not number one, listen, there's a whole lot of other things that will come before Him. But when He's number one, man, and He's it. That's why people all the time say, I don't know God's will for my life. Just stay calm. Just walk with God today, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow's tomorrow. The next day, and for long, it's Friday, and you've worked, walked with God all week, and you're in the middle of God's will and didn't even know it because you're just being obedient. Because when you're close to God, you'll hear God's voice. Amen? It's not, listen, it's not an Easter egg hunt, guys. Just one day walking with Jesus, just getting more committed to Him, doing, and for long, you find your calling. 
He starts opening doors and shutting doors for you. Then, when you buy something, when you know without a doubt you're in the right relationship with God, you don't have to buy something or do something and say, Boy, I hope I did the right thing. You'll know before you do it. Amen? You'll have peace. Please, don't go out buying it and ask God to bless it to bring peace. <laughs> you may be paying on it for a while. Peace comes along with that. But you're fulfilled when you find your calling. You have direction. You have direction when you're, when you're walking in your calling. You, you, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I need to be. But I know in 15 years, this is what God's calling me to do. Or wants me to be. Or He wants me to teach, lead. He wants me to be a nurse, a doctor. I've got to go to college. I've got to, I've got to put the schooling in. I've got to put, you've got to put commitment behind it. Without commitment and obedience, God's not going to fulfill nothing. And I love this. People say, well, all we got to do is pray in, in the name of Jesus and He'll give it to us. You won't believe how much that's preached. Yes, He will. If you, I believe there's power in the name. But you've got to be lined up and have Jesus Christ, number one in your life, seeking His will. Listen. Here's the deal. You won't be asking for that crazy stuff. If you're in the will of God, you won't want to ask that crazy stuff. You'll ask what's in the will of God for you that day. Most of the time, people that pray that crazy stuff aren't in His will and aren't, don't even know they're calling. They're not even close. And listen, God's big enough. And I'm not saying, I, I don't never water down God. I believe I can pray for, if I want to pray for $5,000, God's big enough, He'll give me 5000 Okay? Or he'll heal a child or somebody in my family. Amen. I just, listen, I just witnessed. Last Sunday night when I got to come home from, from church, as we were sitting there, I got a phone call. Somebody, somebody called me and said, hey, there's a, uh, a girl over around Mountain Pine that I think you know them that she, something really bad happened to her. And I said, well, who is it? And they said, well, it, it's so-and-so's niece. Well, I knew exactly, that I knew who it was then. And I was trying to call the man on the phone. So this is how good God is. I was trying to call him. When I was dialing his number, he beeps in. And I answered it, Chad, and I said, hello. He said, George. He said, this is my, I, I can tell you the girl because you need to pray for her. Her name is Jennifer Belize. And it was Mark. Mark said, George, listen. He said, something bad's happened to Jennifer. They're fixing to take her in for surgery. Thinks she's got an aneurysm. I said, man, I'll be right there, Mark. I'll put some clothes on. I'll be up there. I said, God, you're so good. I'm trying to call him and you call in on me. Don't think this isn't a God thing. And so I got dressed and Hunter wanted to go because Hunter knew him real well. So Hunter went over with me. His first day of school, he's got, you know, we had these big plans for Hunter to be in bed at 8.30 on the dot, <laughs> asleep. <laughs> I'm at the hospital, just getting at the hospital at 7.30 and then get home to 12. <laughs> But God worked all that out. But I stayed there with that family and we talked about it. I went in and I said, listen. And they go to a Pentecostal church. But I want to let them know that, hey, God is a God. He's not a God of denomination. He's not a God of what we want Him to be. He's the God of the universe and of this Bible right here. And then this Bible says He's my healer. Amen. Amen. He's my provider. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He's my Jehovah Rafi. And, and whenever we start doubting that He's God and He can't do it, we're not in His will. We're not walking in the calling that God 
give us to be if we doubt that He can't do something. Just because we can't see it in our physical eye, that's why, that's why over and over again, the Bible says, walk by faith, not sight. Walk by faith, not... The only time you're going to have sight is when we get to heaven and see Jesus in His glory face to face. Then your faith will become sight. And I walked in there and I told Mark, I said, I went up there and hugged him. And he just broke down when I hugged him. And I said, listen, Mark, I want you to know we serve a God that can heal anything. If it's an aneurysm, so be it. God will take care of it. God's going to also, on the other hand, He gives us doctors and He's going to guide them. We need to pray the Holy Spirit will guide everything. If they're going in and working on the brain, I want my doctor to be guided by the hands of the Lord. Amen? If it was my child. And I said, we need to pray that God will guide every, everything, that, they're, that, they'll, that they'll just guide every procedure and everything they do. And we had prayer there just with him and, and went through surgery. And as she came out, the doctor comes back in and says, well, it wasn't a brain aneurysm. It wasn't, a, we don't really know what to call it yet. We're still, they called it some, some, some big old medical. I, sometimes I tell them, just speak redneck and tell me. Amen. <laughs> And they were, they were talking about these veins crossing and giving it some heavy globe and blah, something, I don't know. And I said, well, whatever it was, God took care. They went in and her brain had stopped bleeding when they went in. Now, she still got to go through therapy, but it could have been a whole lot worse. But we as God's people, we need to line up in God's will and say, we need to cry out to God sometimes. Say, Lord, I need your help. When you get to that point in your life when you can cry out to God, you are seeking Him first and then He'll add all this other stuff in your calling to you. When you find yourself getting up in the morning and seeking God first, your calling's not far behind. When you get on the job and you get at lunch and you're sitting around, there may be a bunch of guys and you may be in a restaurant, but when you bless your food and give it to God first. That's why Paul said, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Of the gospel or me. I'm in prison, but don't be ashamed of that. When we get home with our kids and we pray with them. Or we pray that they make an A on their test. Now, I would advise them to study too. Amen. God's not going to find your A calling if you don't study and apply. But that's okay to pray for that. It's inside your calling. You understand what I'm saying? Our calling is about seeking God first. But she's got to take therapy and she's going to be good. I love this. Here's what I told them. This girl used to be quiet. Never, when I'd go to Mark's house, she'd shut the door and go to her room. Because I was just, blah, 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 I'm talking. You know, Me and Mark's getting ready to go hunting. Man, we're talking this and talking that. She'd shut her door and go in her room. And I went up there the other day, about two days after the surgery. And I walked in and she goes, Hey, George. She said, I want to take this personality home with me. She never is quiet. She talked, 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 talked. Talk. She said, I think God, I said, she said, God, give me a new personality. I said, no, God healed you, transformed you from a belief to a Vincent. I can see it. <laughs> Amen. Man, because you talk all the time. Still got some hurdles to overcome. But what do you do? Go right back to seeking God first. And see, God's calling and His will is not near as hard to find because you're seeking after Him. 
If, if, if you're, listen, if you're here this morning and you're looking for God's calling, you're unfulfilled, you're not happy, the very first step before you go try any self-help book, go to the bookstore, whatever, we all got, they got books out there on there. The first thing you need to do is get on your knees today and say, Jesus, I'm looking for your will. I've been looking for your calling, but Lord, the reason I hadn't found it is I don't have you first. I don't have you first. And how can I expect to see your will and your calling when you're fourth on the ladder? And we wonder why our job's not being blessed, our church don't get blessed, our kids don't get blessed, this don't get blessed, anything. When God, you got to move God from the back of the line to the front of the line. And see, I love being in the front of the line, amen? That's where God wants to be in the front of your line. But also to us others to help you find your calling. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, 12 and 13, he said, whatever state I'm in, whether my day is going good or it's going bad, whether my week is good or my week's been bad, Paul knew one thing. Here's the thing about your calling. Man, I, the thing about your calling is you'll be secure in your calling. This is why people jump from church to church. This is why people jump from job to job. This is why people, when the going gets tough, they walk out. I've seen them in this church. I always know the ones that God sent to this church, Tim. Because about the time the devil's, you know, every time, you ought to see a pattern in this church, guys. Wake us up! Every time God starts to bless this church, the devil goes on a prowl. Have y'all not seen? I want to wake the church up to this little prophetic word for you. Every time our, we start being blessed and people being added to the church, people are being fulfilled, marriages are being bound back together, you can expect church. Now, this is why we got to fight this as a church. I can't fight it all by myself. We need to recognize it as a church body as saying, that's the devil. Stay out of here, Satan. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Get out of this house. You say, well, Brother George, how can I do that? What I just said will not affect him one bit if you're out of the will of God and he's not first. You cannot use the name of Jesus as a magical wand to get what we want. If he's not first. If he's not first, then you can bind devil, you can bind everything on authority of Jesus Christ and his word. Why? Because I'm under his word and I'm submitted to it. But if I'm not submitted to his word and I ain't opened the Bible up in a month, you can call out in Jesus' name all you want. I just blew some Pentecostal people plumb out of the water in here. But it's true for Pentecost. It's true for... I don't care what's your denomination. And I believe in calling out and speaking in the name of Jesus. But it does me no good if my life is way out in left field and I'm living in sin and I'm just out here. I can quote what I want. i got to first get me right. Line my heart back up with God. Then I can line my family and my church. Then I have some authority in my calling. And I feel secure. I won't leave every time the water gets hot in church. I love that. We got some members in this church. They love the shouting good time. And basically what it is, it's what can the church give me? 
You can fill a house full of them people. Amen? But what God is looking for to see His glory to be revealed and to be lifted up and His kingdom expanded, I'm coming here to be blessed, but how can I bless you back, Jesus? With my calling, I want to bless you back. You say, Brother George, something like that, we lie at 15. Well, if we do, we do. That means we didn't have, we had a bunch of blessees and not blessers. Amen? <laughs> That's why God blesses our church. It's because we're just humble. And when we, when we humble ourselves in the sight of God, He lifts us up. Every time. So where are you at this morning? You having a hard time with your calling? Things out of whack in your life? Things is God way out in the right field? Are you jumping from here to there? Are you having a hard time being secure in Christ? Because see, if you're not secure in Christ, you're not going to be secure in no other relationship. Whether it's your marriage, your church, your people. Because if you can't trust God, you can't trust nobody. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I love you this morning. Lord, help us with our calling in this church and in our bodies and in our families in this church. Lord, help us to know your will and your calling. But Lord, the first thing we need to get right this morning before we go any further on our calling, before we can experience any of the power in your life, in our lives, in this church body's life, we've got to submit ourselves to you, Lord. We've got to set you back up, number one. You've got to be the head of my line this morning, Lord. Not in the back. You've got to be the head of my line. And Lord, then I can submit everything to you. And then, then you'll start working out all things for the good to those that love Him and that is called according to His purposes. Not my purposes, not the church, to God's purposes. But God in the middle of all that will take the good, the bad, the ugly experiences and times in our lives and He'll put them all together. And He'll call it his plan. His purpose. There will be someone here this morning that needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the first thing you've got to figure out. Am I saved? Do I know Jesus? Is there a time in my life that I called out to Christ and, and asked Him to come into my heart and be my personal Savior? I did it myself. I humbled myself. I submitted myself. I repented my sins and asked Him to come into my heart. There may be someone here this morning that wants to rededicate their life. They might have even come to church here every Sunday after Sunday and sitting in these rows, hearing me preach every Sunday, but God and them are so far away. They got God way out in right field. If you're, if you're standing there that morning and God's way out in right field, you're a long ways from God. The Bible calls it we're backslidden. And we slide and get away from God. And we get away from His presence. You may be here this morning. You may just want to come pray. Maybe you're obedient to Christ. You're where you need to be. But you know what? Just because we're obedient and you're fulfilled, we've got to continually, continually keep seeking out Jesus Christ in our life and His will. You may want to join this church. Whatever it is. The altar's going to be open. You come and pray. Talk with me. Talk with somebody at these altars. But listen, let's get your heart fulfilled this morning. Walk out of here with peace, knowing that Jesus Christ is in your life. And then walk with Him one day at a time. 
one day, one step, one service at a time, God starts rebuilding in your life and you start feeling yourself grow. And He opens up the door to your calling. But Paul said, whatever state I'm in, whether good or bad, I find myself to be content. Are you content this morning? Things may not be going good for you, but are you still content knowing that you're a child of the King? Don't mean things are good just because we're saved. God may be taking you through that to grow you up, to mature you. He may have something very special for you two years from now that you and I and this church don't even know about, but God's preparing you right now for what you're going through and what your heart's going through. But you'll never receive it unless He is put first in your life. Lord, have your way in this service this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone saying, Amen. Amen. Come this morning right where you're at.